0: Friends, I'm happy to announce that Straight Talk has partnered with Blue Line Roasting Company to bring you delicious coffee to enjoy while you listen to this podcast. Blue Line Roasting Company also serves our first responders by giving a portion of all net proceeds to numerous organizations who support them. Order today at BlueLineRoasting.com. That's BlueLineRoasting.com. And don't forget, when you join the Straight Shooter VIP Club, you'll receive a free coffee sample and a mug, plus invitations to private podcast events events 26 officers lost their lives while on duty in 2022 blue lives matter in america Happy New Year everybody I am David Clark former sheriff of Milwaukee County and host of the Straight Talk podcast and you're listening to the Straight Talk podcast I hope your holiday your Christmas season your Hanukkah went well We're now into 2024 It's the witching hour now with the general election, president in control of the Congress, 11 months away, going to be hot and heavy for the next 10 months, probably 10 and a half months. So what I like to tell people is buckle your chin strap and buckle in and get ready for a roller coaster ride, because that's what it's going to be. Emotional highs, emotional lows, anger, anxiety. All those emotions are going to come into play. Don't worry about them. Process them out. Get through them. Stay focused on the task at hand. And that's where I want to start out with. Last week, the Democrats and liberal media made a big deal about the January 6th anniversary, I think they're calling it. I don't know why it's an anniversary. And doing stories and quotes and interviews and CBS National contacted me and they wanted my take based on the fact that the Republican candidates for president were asked, would they consider pardons for the people convicted in the January 6th, trespassing into the United States Capitol and some property damage, people behaving badly. I made that clear. But I said it shouldn't have risen to this big federal investigation, the FBI using sophisticated equipment. There've been over 1,200 arrests, people sitting in federal prisons. I know there was one sentence handed out in one of the cases, 30 years. 30 years in federal prison and numerous other shorter terms in federal prison over what I told this reporter should have been nothing more then handing out some summonses to court for trespassing, disorderly conduct, and maybe damage to government property. That's how that should have been handled. But no, they went the, the long route. Federal trials, federal investigations, federal indictments, sending people to prison. And I said to him, you know, first of all, this was not an insurrection. Let's stop using this inflammatory rhetoric because that's all that is by the left, by the Democrats, and by the liberal supporting media. Insurrection. It was not an insurrection. And the reason I told this reporter it was not an insurrection, in my view, because it wasn't well organized, it wasn't well planned, and it wasn't armed. When's the last time you heard of a real insurrection? by people who were not armed. It doesn't happen. If anybody thinks this ragtag group of people could overthrow the United States government, then you need to be drug tested. It wasn't going to happen. And I don't believe that was their intent, but that's a topic for another day. Anyway, here's what I emphasized. I said, here's what I'm more concerned with. I said, what happened post-January 6th was the day that due process, equal justice under law, and the rule of law died in the United States of America. You had the federal government engaged in chicanery, denying people their due process rights. After they were arrested, they were denied access to Defense counsel, they were held in solitary confinement for lengthy periods of time. And at trial, they were denied full access to all of the evidence that the government had. That's a requirement, ladies and gentlemen, for a conviction. Here's how this works. When a person's charged, even at the state level, state or federal level, they're indicted. They're arrested. They're supposed to be allowed access to an attorney. They asked for one. You have to ask for one. Many of them did, and it was denied. Also, once they did get counsel, and some of these went to trial. Some of them they squeezed them into pleading guilty for a lesser sentence, less uh, less amount of time in prison. The defense counsel. Makes a motion for discovery, it's called. Now, I'm, I'm aware of this stuff because I'm a former investigator with the Milwaukee Police Department. I was the lead detective on homicide cases. I sat at table with the prosecutor during the trial in the processing and trying to get a conviction in court. So I know some of this legal maneuvering, you don't have to be an uh, a, a lawyer, a licensed lawyer to know this. So the defense counsel makes a motion for discovery. And what that is, the prosecutor must turn over all of the evidence, all of it. Not some of it, not some that they like, not some they think is relevant and some they think is not relevant. All of it, it's called exculpatory evidence that must be turned over to the defense to assist that person in defending against the claims. I don't care how much it helps the defendant. You have to turn it over. Instead, our federal government hid it, kept it from defense counsel, kept it from juries. You can't do that in the United States of America, not under due process. I don't care how heinous a crime somebody commits. I don't care if it's a person, a, a man who sexually assaults a young child. As heinous as that is, they're still entitled to all of the exculpatory evidence that the prosecution has. This is a given. Everybody knows this. I'm talking about the, you know, the defense counsel and the, they know it. I got to turn it over. Even stuff that helps. Like I said, the, the defendant, you know, be acquitted. You have to turn it over. You cannot hide it. I gave this example to the reporter. I said, if I was investigating a homicide case or you know, any kind of case, criminal case, and the defendant had an alibi witness, he says, no, I wasn't there. I was over here with, you know, Junebug. You go over and talk to Junebug? Yeah, he was over here with me that night. And you can prove it? He's got an alibi. You have to turn you have to tell the prosecutor, hey, we think we have this, we got this, we got evidence of this. But this guy's got an alibi, and and the alibi pans out. You have to tell the prosecutor. At the same time, if the prosecution has evidence that's exculpatory, that shows this guy had an alibi witness, you gotta give that to defense counsel. I don't care that it helps the defendant. You have to turn it over. That's due process. And if a judge found out during the middle of the trial that the prosecutor didn't turn over all of the exculpatory evidence to the defense after the motion was made for, um, you know, to get all the evidence, the judge would be livid. The judge would dismiss the case. Immediately, order the defendant released. And the prosecutor would probably be dis, disbarred. Um, no doubt in my mind. Would be disbarred for that kind of behavior, unethical behavior in a court of law. And at the same time, If I presented to the, during a charging conference, if I presented the case to a prosecutor and I didn't say, hey, there's an alibi witness because, you know, that might help the defendant. And the prosecution found out later on that there was an alibi witness and I didn't tell the prosecutor that. After charging, that prosecutor would march into court, tell judge, judge, we're, we move for dismissal. And here's why. This detective over here, this lead detective didn't tell me that there's an alibi witness. And I'd be done in terms of ever getting anything through a district attorney again because of my unethical behavior, dishonest behavior. That's how that works. But instead, we found out after that the prosecution, the federal government, withheld discovery, withheld exculpatory evidence that may have assisted, that would have assisted the defendant. And a judge, the judge knows it now. Maybe the judge didn't know it at the time, but it came out. After they were convicted, there's stories, numerous cases where they didn't get, the defense attorney said, I never was given that information, that videotape. There's a lot of video. He says, I was never given that. Yet the judge hasn't called this thing back into court and said, what the hell is going on here, Mr. U.S. Attorney? And make them answer for it. And and at the very least, the judge should say, I'm not ready to rule on what we're going to move from here, but I'm ordering the defendant released until we straighten this out. That's how this should have worked, but it didn't. And that's why I said it's the day, post-January 6th, that due process... And equal justice under law, died. And so I said, because the, the reporter pulls up a tweet that I put out on January 6th, I'm sorry, June 6th of last year, 2023. And I said, all these people should be pardoned. And I meant it. You find out this case is tainted in that way. It's kind of like the fruit of the poisonous treat doctrine. You can't use any of it. Now, if the prosecutor wants to refile an indictment and then do it the right way, they can do that. But, you know, this case is tainted anyway, and that would never happen. You just let it go. It's done. Over. And that didn't happen. And so you have these candidates for the Republican nomination for president other than Trump. Trump said he would consider pardoning, pardons. The other one's all danced. Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Desant—they—they they danced well. You know, I think Nikki Haley said something to the effect of, "Well, I—I, I, you know, I'm not sure that I should answer that." Uh, you know, I think uh, you know, and she started to babble. Spin. Chris Christie's a lawyer; he should know better. And he did the same thing, dancing. Well, you know, uh, that's not a decision that should be made today, and. Uh, can't be, uh, no, from what I, here's what he should have said. Cause I, don't, no, I know he doesn't know about all of these cases to say from what I'm reading today, credible reports in the media. I am very upset with this. This is the hallmark of our American democracy due process. And I'm going to re-examine these. If I get elected and we will look at this case by case, and anybody that applies for a pardon was going to get a thorough review of what happened. And if the stuff that I'm reading, I'm Christy talking, if the stuff I'm reading is true, yeah, I'd issue a pardon. Yeah, I would. No, they couldn't say it. No, because they, 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 they don't want anything to do with January 6th because the Democrats have, you know, forged us into a weapon January 6th and are clubbing Donald Trump with it and mega Republicans, clubbing them with it. So they're afraid of it. I don't want a president like that. So the reporter asked, you know, are, are you have you made an official endorsement in this presidential race? And I said, Noth, nothing official. I don't believe in an official endorsement. I said, but I'm supporting Donald Trump. And I said, back in June 6, anybody who wouldn't consider pardoning these people is unworthy to be president of the United States. The president's going to take an oath. I will uphold the Constitution. The Constitution was bastardized that day after January 6th. It was trampled on. It was shredded. Due process didn't exist for these defendants. So I don't have to, you know, like these other people are afraid of, well, you don't want to be accused of justifying the the actions of the defendant. No, they have to do that. I said it behaved badly. But it wasn't an insurrection. And if it was, it was poorly planned and poorly organized. And so you have to ask yourself, did they have the means with which to carry out an insurrection? The answer is no, they didn't. They didn't come armed. They didn't take any elected official hostage. There would be an insurrection. It's nothing near that. Some goof sitting around, painted faces, a guy with the Viking horns, you had people taking pictures with their feet up behind Nancy Pelosi's desk, that stuff is stupid. That is not a serious insurrection. That's frat party behavior. And that's how it should have been handled. So if we want to go about, because the credibility and the integrity of the federal criminal justice system right now, it doesn't exist. I don't trust them one bit. They have no integrity no credibility. And if we want to restore that, that would be a good place to start. And then we should celebrate that day when these people are granted pardons, whoever applies for one. It's a process for that too. And I explained that to the reporter. I said, you know, just a president doesn't just walk in and say, I'm going to pardon everybody from January 6th. You have to apply for a pardon, presidential pardon. And then the, president has a commission or committee that reviews the case on the request for a pardon. And then they make a finding and they they advise the president, you know, here's what we found. Here's what this, yeah, we think, you know, we would advise you to pardon this or, or no. And then ultimately, though, it's the president's decision. That's the process. That's how it works. So when I said all of these defendants who didn't get due process should be pardoned, they still have to apply for the pardon, but they should be released pending their appeal or whatever because some some skullduggery went on here. And you know what? We on the outside just shrug our shoulders, you know. Well, you know, they shouldn't have done it. Like I said, I don't care how heinous the behavior is. I've dealt with some really despicable defendants, criminals that did some Horrible things, violent sexual assault, sexual assaults against children, murder. They're still entitled to due process. You have to afford them that, whether you want to or not. And if a jury says you don't have enough beyond a reasonable doubt, yeah, you wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy. But that's the way our system is supposed to work. You don't bypass the rules in the process in your zeal to convict people, and to use this as a political opportunity to get Donald Trump. I don't like that stuff. And I don't care what side's doing it. If, if, if the, the U.S. attorney was a Republican appointee and did this, I'd have the same feeling. This is wrong. Because that same thing could happen to you, and it could happen to me. We have to have faith and trust in our system of justice because of the awesome power and authority they have and ruining lives. You want an example of an insurrection? It was an arm, but I would say it is based on the authority they had. How about all the members of the FBI that were involved in the, Richard, the, the um, Steele dossier? Lied under oath. To get a search warrant to spy on a presidential campaign. Lied under oath. Use a false dossier. And they didn't tell the prosecutor when they applied for the search warrant that, you know, we, we got it based on this dossier, but this guy's been discredited. This we know who he is, and he's not really liable. Because when you go on to get a search warrant, if you're basing this on a witness statement, or you're basing this on you know, a co-actor that says, hey, yeah, uh, you know, this here's what happened here. I was there. You have to tell the attorney, you know, we got it from this guy, and he's not reliable. We've used him in the past, and he, we found him to be not credible. And they didn't do that. And then they spent the next four years. Remember with the Ralph Mueller investigation? Trying to prove that Donald Trump colluded. With the Russians to steal the elect? That's what an insurrection looks like. Trying to topple a presidency. Anniversary of January 6th. Get out of my face with that crap. All right, here's another story that came out in the last week. The Jeffrey Epstein court documents have been released. Big. Flipping deal. This is a distraction, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm 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 a little miffed. How easily distracted we are. We meaning conservatives, conservative media. How easily distracted we are. To fall for this lure. It takes our eye off of what's important. Now we're all f- oh, who's on the list? Oh, I can't wait for the next list to come. Oh, whose name is on it? It's not gonna matter anyway. And this, the, the release of these documents is not going to alter one iota the presidential election coming up in November. And it's not going to alter who controls Congress. The name's on his list. You know, this is TMZ stuff. This is the National Enquirer type stuff. Salacious, you know, soap opera crap. We all know who Jeffrey Epstein is and was. He was peddling, he was trafficking, sex trafficking with minors. And there were people, prominent people, who were involved in terms of the service, taking the service, right? Okay. I'm not saying it's no big deal. I'm saying, don't be distracted by these stories. You know what? When we're looking at this, And we're concerned with this and we're waiting with bated breath as to the other names that are going to be released and they're trickling it out. You know why? To prolong the damn story. And while we're looking at this, we're not looking at Joe Biden's horrific, which came out again, his approval rating dipped to an all time low. Fallen by the wayside. Why? Because we want to know, you know, whose names are on Jeffrey Epstein's list as if it's going to matter at this point. It's not. There'll be no criminal indictments out of this. And I hope to God the GOP House doesn't call for hearings on this stuff. It's not going to matter at this point. It's more important that we keep our eye on the prize. And it's winning the presidential election. It's focusing on the border. It's focusing on inflation. It's focusing on crime, violence, and disorder in these urban centers at record levels. That's what's important to the American people, not who flew on the Lolita Express. That's tabloid stuff. But, you know, like I said, we're easily distracted. We just are. And like I said, we're not talking about Biden corruption while we're focusing on this Epstein list. We're not focusing on the stuff that matters. I'm going to say this for the um, umpteenth time and I'll continue to say it because people need to be reminded focus 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 put the blinders on to all of this other noise going that goes on in this environment focus speaking of focus i mentioned earlier about the things that are important to the American people. There's crisis at the border, and it is a crisis. That's not hyperbole. That's not inflammatory rhetoric. It is a crisis. Our country is under invasion. And, and for those of you that listen regularly, and please subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe. I need subscribers. Keep this thing going. You've heard me talk about this crisis at our southern border. And that we're under invasion. It's being done purposely and by design by the Biden administration and his ilk, Mayorkas and others. But, you know, I don't let the GOP off the hook either. I'm an equal opportunity blaster. How's that? I've said to you time and time again, there are no sacred cows in my world. I don't go by party label. I might go by conservative or liberal, but not party label. And this thing is being used by both parties as a political issue. Both parties are using it for political gain. They're raising money off of it. They're running on it. It's all to give them upside. Both sides have had a chance. We know the Democrats want open borders. That's clear. The Republicans say they want to close the border, but when they've had their opportunity, they won't do it. They won't draw a line in the sand. We'll see if they're willing to shut the government down and make this part of the... And that's coming up again. Continuing resolution is is due again in January to be approved to keep the government funded. Make it part of that. Republicans, if you really mean this, stick that in the continuing resolution thing and let the Democrats scream and holler like their hair's on fire. You can't do this. Oh, you're trying to shut the government down. Oh, this should be, you know, a standalone thing. This should be, and let them wail. Just tell them, you know, the ball's in your court. We passed it. Senate. Chuck Schumer's deal now. But as usually, Happens. At some point, the Republicans get cold feet, and the Democrats know it. At some point, they know they'll wilt. They have a breaking point. See, this is, and I like to use this analogy this is chess, not checkers. You got to cover your flanks in a chessboard. You got to make smart moves. You got to see a couple moves ahead. And then at some point, you know, you might take a a, a risk on some movement. You know, one piece moving, one piece. See what happens. Oh, I lost my rook on that one. Well, I kind of saw it, but oh well. I don't think the Republicans have it in them to draw lines in the sand. They they don't do it. They threaten it. They said no more Ukraine or or funding for Israel unless it's tied to border security. Democrats will just wait them out. They just wait them out. The same with the continued, you know, the budget showdown. They just wait them out. Hey, if the government shuts down, yeah, it'll be our fault. But it's okay. We'll just blame the Republicans, and then the media will help us. And then the Republicans get scared. At some point, the Republicans are going to have to learn not to blink. Stand your ground. That's what the base is looking for. They're tired of capitulation. They're tired of giving in. They're tired of having their elected officials give in. The base doesn't give in. Stand your ground. Have a backbone. Show some courage. See so how this border issue. And here's a story from the Washington Times. Republicans at border insist on security. So you had this group of Republican House members. They went to the Texas border on Wednesday saying they got a firsthand look at the devastation of unprecedented illegal immigration and calling the situation an unmitigated disaster. Taking stock of the record-breaking numbers, the lawmakers said they won't accept any major spending bills on Capitol Hill that don't put border security first. Well, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. I don't think the White House is all that concerned about getting Ukraine more military aid. They, they, they you know, somewhat are. They kind of are. They really don't want any to go to Israel. But they're not going to bend on the budget uh, approval, the CR. That's going to be up again this month. The Dems are not going to bend on it. So we're going to see if the Republicans say they won't accept any major spending deals on Capitol Hill that don't put border security first, because that's a spending deal, the continuing CR. That's a spending deal. So it says here, back to the, the story, indeed, even as Mr. Johnson, Speaker Johnson, and colleagues held a press conference, a migrant family could be seen crossing the Rio Grande behind them. Border patrol agents responded and ushered the migrants into the United States. Why? Push them back. Tell them, get lost. Get out of here. Get back to the Mexican side of this border. Why are they ushering them in? I don't get this. Unless they're told to. But then the border patrol should say that. We've been told to usher them in. Now, folks, and I've said this before on this podcast, I've been to the border three times. Three times. I've been to this Rio Grande Valley sector. And what was described here, people just walking, because very shallow water there. And the time I went, there were inflatable rafts that were being used to get them across in the areas that are a little deeper. And the rafts were laying there on the U.S. side. So I saw it firsthand. And then I saw other Caravans of people in another sector, just walking across. Much more, many more people than the border, co- border control could handle. So I saw it, and what's described down there is happening. But so when I went down, I didn't call the media down. And when I saw this, what what the Republicans did, this was just this was political hijinks. They didn't need to go down there to do this. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I said they didn't need to. There was a photo op. That's all there was. We got to start. We have to take the politics out of this crap and do what's in the best interests of the United States of America. Not for political purposes and not for partisan political purposes. And all you get is this back-and-forth bantering. The Democrats say, oh, it's cruel, it's extreme. All the women and children and then the Republicans, oh, it's national security, it's domestic security, it's, you know, and they just keep exchanging barbs. And that's all that happens here. That's why I said both sides are using this for partisan political purposes. They're raising money off it. They're running on it. Do you remember when Obamacare was passed, and that next election, you had Republicans running for congressional seats on ending Obamacare, and it never happened. Remember Scott Brown in Massachusetts? I want to be the 51st vote to get rid of Obamacare. And he got elected. Nothing changed. And the same with this border situation. The only one who was serious about the border issue was Donald J. Trump. He ran on it. it. was a major plank in his campaign. Build the wall. Seal the border. Because that has to happen first. The change in legislation is going to take a while. But if you don't stop the flood, if you don't turn the water, if you're going to, Uh, You know, a a flood in your house coming from some pipe that burned. Turn the water off. Don't start bailing out the water. Turn the water off first at the source and then start bailing it out. So you have to stop this flood of illegal immigration into this country. And that can be done quicker and sooner than all these changes, these other changes in legislation have to happen. So my thought was, when I'm I'm watching Speaker Mike Johnson, and I support him, I like him, so far, so far, still kicking the tires, because we're gonna find out in this upcoming CR how serious the Republicans are on this stuff, and then that'll tell me a lot about Speaker Johnson. Can he, you know, herd these cats? Because that's what it's like trying to get the Republicans on board of important stuff. It's like herding cats. It's almost an impossible task. But anyway, I thought. You know, you shouldn't be at the border. You should be back in Washington, D.C., in session. You should be at emergency session straightening this out. But, you know, they couldn't resist this photo op opportunity. So it says here in the story, Mr. Johnson said House Republicans are firm in demanding that the administration secure the U.S. border before Congress agrees to more money for Ukraine and Israel. It would limit asylum claims, real in the is, administration's profligate, and legally if use of parole powers to welcome many illegal immigrants and mandate that businesses use e-verify the government's voluntary electronic system for checking new hires work eligibility. And that's an important aspect, the e-verify. You know, it's voluntary. It's just available for any corporation or business that, that wants to use it. It needs to be mandatory. And then when you catch them hiring illegal aliens and illegal immigrants, those are two separate things. Then they'd be hammered to the tunes of millions of dollars. Because the U.S. Chamber of Commerce supports an open border for cheap labor. And their lobbyists are giving money to both sides to keep that border open. Now, let me go back to Trump. I said he's the only person that's really serious in our political structure, that's really serious about fixing this broken immigration system. And he asked for God and country, was in his first address to Congress after getting elected. He named four points. He said, you get me a bill that ends birthright citizenship. These are all the things that are being exploited. Chain migration, and enter to chain migration. In other words, somebody comes over here either illegally or legally, and then their relatives start coming over. You know, they may be here legally. And then they start inviting their relatives over. Chain migration. Dragging family members along. He also asked for funding for a border wall. And then he said, finally, and, and, and this one, I agree with him. He got blasted a little bit by mega Republicans. He said, we have to figure out what to do with the dreamers. And that one kind of rankles the hackles of the uh, hardcore conservative. You know, I'm hardcore conservative, but let's be honest. We're talking about an uh, estimated 2 million dreamers. These are people as a result of birthright citizenship. They were born in the United States, and they're automatically given legal status. You know, they're born in the United States. Many of these dreamers, they're younger people, in mid-20s. They've never even been in their country of origin. They were born here, and they never went back. You can't round up these 2 million people and send them back. Some of them don't even speak the native tongue of their, their, their country of origin. They've never been there. So, you know, there's a question. What do you do with that? Well, that's for Congress to, to, to decide. But anybody who thinks, well, no, they all have to go back, well, they were never in their country. What do you mean go back? Yeah, the, the, the system was exploited. No doubt about that. But they didn't do it. They didn't illegally cross into the United States. They were born here. Maybe their parents illegally crossed into the United States. And then there's visa lottery. Did I mention that one? Trump asked, we got to end this visa lottery crap. And people overstaying their visa. If you overstay your visa, you are now an illegal immigrant. You came over here the right way. You applied for a visa, you got in, but you overstayed. It. That makes you illegal. And I'll be damned if I support any attempt by these people to like give mass amnesty to the estimated 20 million people illegal immigrants/slash aliens in the United States to give them amnesty. No way. No flipping way. No way. So I said, I'm hard down on on, on illegal immigration. But on the dreamer one, you know, come on, you got to be reasonable here. You're going to send somebody back to a country they've never been to, and and, and some of them can't even speak the language? All they know is English? Come on now. We're talking 2 million people. So what Trump proposed for the dreamers, they have to get their education. They got to stay in school. They can't be involved in criminal activity, and they got to do that for ten years, and then we'll grant them amnesty. I think that's reasonable. Stay, stay in school, get your education. You know, get over the public charge. You can prove now I'm, I'm educated here. I'm this. I'm that. I'm a skilled electrician, and and you can't be involved in criminality, and for ten years. I think that's reasonable on that aspect there. But for the rest of them, no, you got to go back and come in the right way. No, go. Sorry. So Trump proposed that to a Republican controlled Congress. Paul Ryan, well, John Boehner was the speaker. And then Paul Ryan later when they ousted Boehner. And they control the Senate. Mitch McConnell. They never brought a bill to the floor. Never did it. And then at the midterms, they lost both chambers. So it was game, set, and match on that. So I don't want to hear too much from the Republicans. I don't want to hear too much from them. It was as as bad. I didn't say worse. They're as bad as the Democrats in this. You know, this is a political football, and both sides know how to play this politically. So again, I guess, you know, that's how important November is in terms of winning the, not just the White House, but the Congress as well, because if we have a split Congress, nothing's going to, nothing's going to move. I don't care who's president. You know, executive order, he can come back in and do some things, Trump. 'Cause I think Trump's gonna win. But even he doesn't, let's say a Republican one of the other can, Republican candidates comes in. They can issue some executive order. That's how Trump had to do it. So he proved he couldn't, you know. And, and and it was the Republicans that fought him as much as the Democrats on the stuff that he had to he tr- had to do through executive order. They fought him on it. Took him to court. So they gotta figure out what to do about that crisis at the southern border, We're going down there for a photo op, I don't know if that's going to move many voters, but it can be a big issue. Important to the American people when I say a big issue. One they're starting to pay attention to, finally. Finally. And we need to thank Texas Governor Greg Abbott for that. Shipping these illegal aliens and illegal migrants to these sanctuary blue control cities brilliant remember i said this is chess not checkers brilliant so anyway again happy 2024 here we are get ready When you talk about race, crime, and politics, some folks lose sleep over this, but not me, because I sleep just fine on my Giza dream sheets and pillow from MyPillow, especially this new 2.0. If you haven't gotten yours yet, you are missing out. Just go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CLARK, that's C-L-A-R-K-E, and save up to 66% off. The direct link is also available on my website, americasheriff.com. Get a great night's sleep so we can continue the fight. Friends, I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Straight Talk with yours truly, America Sheriff David Clark. And a special thank you also goes out to our sponsors. My goal, as always, is to break down these complex and many times controversial issues and bring it to you straight with a little dose of common sense, no media bias, no talking points, just truth. And this podcast would not be possible without your support. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite place to listen. And please share this message of common sense on social media. For more content, be sure to follow me on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, and instagram and just a reminder we'd love for you to join our straight shooters vip podcast club for only five dollars per month and with that membership you'll receive invitations to attend private podcast events throughout the year as a vip guest when we come to your town plus if you join today you'll also receive a free coffee mug and a sample of our private label coffee as long as supplies last subscribe and join at americasheriff.com this podcast is brought to you by AmericaSheriff.com with executive producer Judy Wilkinson of J.L. Wilkinson Consulting and producer Josh Wentz in partnership with our friends at Bulldog Media. If you are interested in partnering with Straight Talk Podcasts or having me speak in your area, please contact Judy at J.L. Wilkinson Consulting at gmail.com 706. 706- 518-2116, that's jl Wilkinson Consulting at gmail.com, phone number 706-518-2116.